0: This is Neil Irwitz from the Center for a New American Security. We're here today to discuss the National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA, with Lauren Fish from our Defense Strategies and Assessments Program, uh, who also used to work for Senator Tom Cotton, a uh, member of the Senate Armed Services Committee. Thanks, Lauren.
1: Thanks, Neil.
0: So give us a basic primer. What is NDAA and why does it matter?
1: Sure, so the NDAA is the policy bill that accompanies any budget that goes forward for the next year. So it's where you're going to see the Defense Department's priorities laid out as Congress sees them and what should be funded for the coming year. It's important to note that it's a policy bill and not an appropriating bill. So anything that comes out of this has to still be enacted by the appropriators.
0: So should we then be able to see the priorities of uh, Congress. And then in this version, how does it look like Congress's priorities differ from the Pentagon's?
1: Sure. So you're absolutely going to see how Congress views the defense space in this type of bill. Um, I think this year you see the that both the House and the Senate bills really heavily align to what the Pentagon would like to see. You see a lot of unfunded priorities that the administration's first cut at the bill didn't fund funded in both of the House and Senate versions of this legislation. Um, and you also see a couple of interesting things in the woodwork right now, including possibly a BRAC uh, amendment that's being floated by McCain and Reed right now. And that's something that the Pentagon has been pushing for for a couple of years now.
0: BRAC in particular in uh, in uh, historically has gone over in Congress about as well as, you know, melting ice cream cones or uh, working
1: through the august recess or
0: working through the august (laughs) fair point um what's going to be different this time or is it not going to be different this time
1: Sure. So what's different is that for the last couple of years you've seen both the House and the Senate really shut down any attempts at a BRAC. Um, you know, this is this is a natural response for Congress cuz any defense installation or base in in the US is going to be in someone's district. So you're going to have p- the possibility for economic disruptions. Um, and fairly
0: sizable ones too.
1: Absolutely. Um, but when the Pentagon's saying, you know, in the next couple of years we're going to be at about 20% excess in the US and we have other global responsibilities that we need to be thinking about. We can put be putting some of that funding towards even weapon system procurement if we did conduct a brac um, there's a lot of reasons to do it so what's different this year is that there was an initiative in the house to pursue brac it was shut down it didn't make it into the House version of the NDAA but representative Thornberry the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee indicated that he was open to the idea um, and then now seeing on the Senate side both the chairman and ranking member indicating this trial balloon kind of floating out there there's receptivity so in logistical terms what's different about this attempt at BRAC is that there wouldn't be a commission that has been used for the last uh, many iterations of BRAC that we've seen. Um, The Congress would ask for DOD to send over a list of installations for them to review. DOD would justify why these installations should be realigned or closed. Um, GAO would then score it. Uh, give feedback on if the math makes sense, what the upfront costs are and what the downstream costs are uh, in terms of savings, and then this would be totally voted up or down by Congress.
0: So you mentioned earlier some of the some of the priorities that were unfunded in the white house's version but funded uh in the house and senate versions what are those
1: so there's a, there's a number of things a lot of them have to do with um weapons platforms of course so you see and uh in the senate bill for example a lot more f18s you see more f35s um in the house there is was uh, more lcs than there was in the senate side
0: littoral combat littoral
1: ships. combat ships of course um and so all of this kind of shows an, a desire on the part of congress to to build up the military in terms of capacity. Um, And it also shows, you know, a budget bust, potentially a budget cap busting budget, which already the Trump administration, their initial budget already busted the caps, but this will certainly get us there.
0: Um, Now, let me ask the kind of unfortunate question. How much is this all a kabuki dance? I mean, if we all, uh, or if this isn't the appropriations bill um, and, You know, appropriations bills that are actually passed are tough to come by. Is this all a statement of priorities, understanding that it's not actually going to be what happens? Or do we have a chance of seeing this actually get implemented?
1: I think that's the million-dollar question, and there is no clear answer at the moment. So Politico yesterday was reporting that it looks like there's going to be a a small package of appropriations bill come to the floor next week in the Senate, Um, likely MilCon and VA, but you're not going to see the full suite of appropriations. Um, This is because of differences in opinion upon even the Republican Party in getting everyone to the same page. So you have the budget hawks on one side who want big cuts, and then you have the defense hawks who want to see more of a buildup. And so that's throughout the Republican Party on this issue. And it means that you're likely going to need Democratic votes to get any appropriations bills through, which makes a continuing resolution most likely at this point. Um, so you're, you're not going to see it fully come to the floor as it's written now.
0: So we should expect uh, the sequester to continue and a lot of the same uh, funding issues to continue in the next year?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is that both of these pieces of legislation force the question of BCA caps to enact them. You Have to have some sort of budget deal, um, and the most likely situation is that we're going to kick the can a little bit. Uh, That's bad for the Pentagon. It makes it really hard to start new weapon systems, to continue your funding, to see what your funding environment looks like. It makes it really difficult to do planning or
0: even set up useful budgets.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, you need some predictability.
0: All right. Well, let's hope we're both wrong, even though I'm pretty sure we're both right, and we'll keep this going.
1: Absolutely.